So Vital was listed here on the NZX in uh, 1999, and it's a pure a landlord of healthcare properties across Australia and New Zealand. So it owns a $3.3 billion portfolio. Public health authorities quickly realised that private healthcare operators actually play a really crucial role in the public health system. So we're back for our next podcast, and today we're talking to Vital Healthcare Property Trust, SVP of New Zealand, and fund manager Aaron Hockley. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Um, well, it's really nice to meet you, and thanks for coming in. We've done a little bit of a, a celebration for Vital. Can you just kind of give us an overview of, of what um, what you guys do as a company at Vital Healthcare? And I'll kind of go from there, but tell us just a bit about the company. So Vital was listed here on the NZX in uh, 1999, so I've been listed here for 23 years. And it's a pure a landlord of healthcare properties across Australia and New Zealand. So it owns a $3.3 billion portfolio, primarily of hospitals, but also ambulatory care facilities and aged care facilities. And what we're trying to do is deliver growing and stable uh, unit holder returns, uh, so basically for our investors. And have you been there a long time? I've only been with uh, Northwest, uh, Vitals Manager, for three years, so relatively recent into the role, um, although given we've gone through COVID during that period of time and um, the demands of a listed company, it does feel like a, um, at least a decade. Yeah. <laughs> time is, yeah, exactly, very hard-earned. Um, so tell, tell us more about the ownership structure. And, and so you guys are an entity, you've got you've got some offices in, in Australia as well as New Zealand, but you've got ownership out of Toronto, I believe. Yeah, so so Vital is a uh, an entity listed here. Um, it's majority uh, New Zealand based investors, and as I said, invests in a, a portfolio of Australian and New Zealand assets. It's managed by uh, Northwest, which itself is listed in Toronto, uh, and Northwest has a global platform of about uh, three hundred people um, operating across four continents, eight countries, and it is a pure play healthcare owner landlord and manager and to get to the kind of the sector you know the things that that you guys invest in there are um, other real estate funds on nzx but not any um, healthcare related real or uh, investment companies so tell us more about what sets you apart from other um, investors in real estate out there and, and any other competitors that might be in new zealand or australia you're right there's there's eight main listed real estate vehicles on the nzx so we're one of those eight but we are the only healthcare uh, specialist um, amongst those eight so we offer both uh, an exposure to a different asset class but also because of our investment mix about 80 percent of vitals investments are located in australia we also offer exposure to um, australian denominated assets and australian denominated earnings and as you guys are <clears throat> out there evaluating properties and, and exploring opportunities are you finding that there's been a a, a big uptick in healthcare um, opportunities and, and properties or has it kind of gone the other way where it's more difficult to find things even though the the industry itself is kind of booming in terms of people needing healthcare so as an investment class healthcare is relatively new so if you think about office industrial uh, retail they've been established asset classes for many decades healthcare really only emerged in the last 5 years as um, an established asset class so during that period of time we've seen a number of players uh, into the market both he uh, here in New Zealand and Australia and, and elsewhere um, so that's resulted in property values increasing uh, generally over that period of time. 
But what you're also seeing is increased demand uh, across public and private uh, in terms of healthcare requirements. So you're seeing uh, growth from operators in Australia and New Zealand, increased demand from public health um, pr- uh, providers. So we're responding to that by developing new facilities, new healthcare facilities across Australia and New Zealand. And that's where I expect, expect the bulk of Vital's future growth to come from, from us developing new facilities or expanding existing facilities for healthcare operators in Australia and New Zealand. So do you think as as it's kind of a new industry and people are, it, it's at the kind of early stages, are there more opportunities you're finding to make improvements and increase uh, revenues and income as people are jumping in and haven't quite fine-tuned all the things they may have in a real mature industry? I think there's a few few points on that. The first is Northwest um, and through its um, predecessor entities has been operating uh, healthcare real estate, uh, developing healthcare real estate for over 20 years. So we really have an unmatched expertise in the sector in terms of delivering new new healthcare assets. Um, so that's that's number one. The, the second, though, is really because of under underfunding, underinvestment uh, for many decades across uh, really all Australian states plus New Zealand. Uh, there's there's really unmet demand which we're able to provide, um, and I think we're, we're drawing on both the um, ability to provide capital via, via Vital and the um, ability to provide expertise via Northwest to deliver um, new facilities um, for much needed communities around Australia and New Zealand. Now, are there any um, particular growth areas that you guys are focusing on within that segment of, of opportunities that um, that are unique to you guys? Yeah, so the, the core markets for us that we're focused on are really Southeast Queensland, New South Wales, and New Zealand. There are three key markets for growth where we think there's both opportunities for us to expand, uh, long-term underinvestment, and also operator demand. So that are our focus and we recently announced some significant um, acquisitions in all three of those markets, primarily of undeveloped land, which we'll seek now to to develop for the market over, over coming years. We're also looking at the changing healthcare markets. So if you think um, think back, you used to check into a hospital, you would have a few nights stay, whereas now there's a there's a much greater move into walk in, walk out. So um, in, in order to keep healthcare costs um, uh, as low as possible, um, because of competing pressures and growing costs generally, you're seeing operators focus much more on what we term ambulatory care, walk-in, walk-out facilities. And so we're seeking to develop more ambulatory care facilities. Typically, they'll be located next to a, a, a private hospital or public hospital, just in case anything goes wrong, and also because that gives you access to facilities and, and also uh, surgeons, uh, medical staff, nursing staff, etc. But we're focused on delivering those new ambulatory care facilities, again, across both Australia and New Zealand. Did COVID throw wrinkles into those types of, I guess, plans or or modeling all that stuff in terms of demand and in and out the same day and waiting for services? And is that something you guys had to deal with quite a bit as over the past couple of years? I mean, COVID has has had a, a huge impact on our operators, our tenants. So if you think about back um, in 2020, pretty much all private hospitals were shut down at some points in time at the, at the early stage of the, of the pandemic. And that, that had a naturally huge impact on, on surgery, on waiting lists, on diagnostic services, et cetera. Um, you quick, public health authorities quickly realized that private um, healthcare operators actually play a really crucial role in the public health system. And so um, 
there's been a, a, a big change in terms of the appreciation for um, private healthcare as part of the overall health ecosystem. So that, that's been important for us. Um, the second thing you've seen is that it's exposed uh, the importance of health. And I think we've forgotten a little bit um, and prioritised other areas of infrastructure. And I think there, and certainly in the public's minds, there's a greater appreciation for the importance of having healthcare facilities available um, in areas of need like like, like pandemic um, or when things happen and, and crises occur, but also your day-to-day health and how important having uh, good overall health, having um, regular checkups, diagnostics, etc., is really important for the overall um, health and well-being um, of the communities. So we're seeing a, a significant uh, increase in demand, both for private operators, so people increasing private health insurance, or um, they might have missed out on on something during COVID, and now they're they're, they're getting that time made back. But also public health, we're seeing greater in, uh, investment from public health authorities, and we think that'll um, lead to demand for our facilities over time. Are you seeing opportunities in both New Zealand and Australia on the same scale, same level? And do you have any investment mandates or uh, investment policy rules in terms of where where you need to invest or, or the balance between Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, so we are seeing opportunities on both sides of the Tasman. Um, as I said, we're roughly two-thirds Australia, one-third New Zealand at the moment. That's grown quite a bit in terms of the New Zealand exposure because we are seeing a lot more opportunities here at the moment um, than historically we have done. We're targeting having about 40%, 20 to 40% in New Zealand and the balance in Australia. So it'll we expect that uh, Vital will be dominated by Australia in terms of income and assets um, over the medium term, but New Zealand will continue to play an important uh, part of uh, the earnings and asset profile of the fund. Cool. Um, well, that's great information. Let's turn the, the uh, topic a little bit more to yourself and just ask you some questions about um, what is your role at Vital and kind of your day-to-day um, activities and oversight that you do. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? So I lead the, the Vital Healthcare Property Trust, which is a, a managed fund. So it's a managed fund listed on the NZX. So I'm the most senior executive running uh, that fund. So I, I lead all aspects of the strategy, um, um, asset selection, development, those sorts of things. Northwest is my employer and Northwest um, employs, as I said, about 300 people worldwide, all of which are healthcare professionals. And I draw on that expertise um, across Australia and, and, and New Zealand. Um, what I'm tasked with doing is really making sure that um, we're continuing to deliver on our strategy of growing returns for, for our unit holders and we're doing that in a way that's primarily sourced from healthcare real estate and in a way that that um, is appropriately has an appropriate risk adjustment for those returns. So uh, our investors are attracted to us for a few reasons. The first is we pay quarterly dividends, um, which we are focused on increasing by 2 to 3% per unit per annum. Uh, they're attracted to us because of the asset class. They like both the stability and resilience of healthcare. And, and often also people are attracted to healthcare because they know that it's, it's, it's doing something good. It's, it's helping the community as well. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier we are talking that you are – you did grow up in Auckland. Um, how did you get into um, real estate in terms of as an industry as you kind of started your career and navigated through things? Yeah, I started life as a as a property lawyer. 
Um, initially, uh, I studied at Auckland University uh, law, and then then moved to London initially, and, and ultimately Australia for for nearly seventeen years. So was away from New Zealand for a, for a decent period of time. Um, about ten of those years, I was chief operating officer for a large listed uh, office and industrial landlord. So property really became uh, my uh, main career, uh, and then moved back to New Zealand about four years ago. And as I said, have been in this role for for nearly three of those years. So um, you know, a slightly um, a slightly odd. Route into the 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 ultimate um, uh, ultimate job, but um, you know, very happy and settled at Vital now. Did you think your your international experience in Australia is something you leveraged or helped you kind of as you came back to New Zealand and, and are are doing what you're doing now? Yeah, well, I'm very lucky that um, I um, head up the only uh, trans-Tasman property fund. So, you know, that gives me a key advantage that I understand the markets that I'm, um, you know, we're, inv- we're investing in because I've been based in Australia for such a, a long period of time. Plus, I've got the the original connection uh, back to New Zealand and this is where I grew up. So I, I, I'm able to uh, straddle that trans-Tasman investment, um, I think, well. Yep, yep. So... Uh- Maybe one more question on on some work stuff, and then we'll get into some um, more, I guess, fun questions. But what advice would you you've been around and seen a lot over the over your career? Um, what advice would you give to people that are kind of looking to invest in properties or looking to get into the industry? Maybe not the investment properties, but just looking to get into the industry from an employment point of view and. Um, and looking at that sector to work in? I think there's a lot of different ways into the property industry. I think people are drawn from uh, engineering through to um, sciences, through to uh, mathematics, um, through to design. Um, in, in my case, it was, it was via the law. So I don't think there's one entry point. I think property is such a fundamental part of um, you know how, how we live. Um, everybody at least uh, enters one typology of property each day. Sometimes you'll, you'll enter several. So you'll go from your home, obviously, through a tram, transport building, um, then ultimately end up in an office or some other place of work. Uh, you might go to a health facility or a school. And all of those properties have such an impact on the way we live, uh, work, um, learn, and um, hopefully have fun as well. Thank you for that. And we will now um, kind of move on to some, uh, I guess, less uh, intense questions and just kind of have a little fun. These are something that we ask most of our guests just in terms of, uh, to get you know, to know you a little better and, and kind of behind the brand and everything. Some, some rapid quick fire questions. So I'm going to start with a few. You don't have to answer any of them if you, if you don't like, but is there a, to get started? Um, so in New Zealand's a very foodie culture. And, and I think this came out a lot during lockdown as well, which is now kind of quite a while ago, but do you have any favorite, um, cuisines or local restaurants uh, that you like to frequent? Uh, so I love roast lamb. I, I grew up on a, on a farm and uh, we had home kill uh, when I grew up. So that's part of my uh, favorite go-to. Um, and then my favorite restaurant would be um, Amano in Auckland. Nice. Another lockdown related question in the sense of not getting out, although you've been, you've been um, back for four years now. Have you, don't know if you've had a chance to visit a lot of places, but is there a favorite place you have in New Zealand that you'd like to um, vacation in? We have a family holiday place up at Mungafai, so um, that's a, a key uh, place for us as a family to go. Uh, great beach, great lifestyle, love it up there. And how about internationally, any favorite places to visit overseas? I love Italy, love Japan, uh, love the States, so um, probably not very specific. Yeah, uh, yeah. All, keen to travel again. Yeah, right, exactly, as long as you're getting out. Do you have a favorite quote by chance or a – Favorite piece of advice that you received or saw someone do that kind of impacted you younger in your career? 
In terms of a quote, um, I really love the Fakatoki that ends in Hey Tangata, Hey Tangata, Hey Tangata, and I won't um, do the start of that uh, Fakatoki because my Tareo Māori is, is, is not great in terms of pronunciation. But I, I just like the reference that, and we think about this a lot in terms of our business. It doesn't matter um, what you're doing; it's the people that matter the most. And in terms of advice, um, the most um, important thing I think of. Learns is that always trust your gut. So it's been repeated in a lot of different ways, but um, you know you can get whatever analysis you like. But if if your gut tells you something's wrong or or something's right, that's probably the correct answer. Great answer. Well, Aaron, thanks again for taking the time to do this and uh, coming in, and it's great to learn more about Vital. And we wish you a lot of success in the future. And hopefully, we'll see you around here um, for more events uh, in in the next few months. But uh, thanks again. Good, good to catch up. Thanks for that. Have a great day. To find out more about Vital Healthcare, including their property and development portfolio, make sure to check out their website, which is www.vitalhealthcareproperty.co.nz, or you can visit our website, nzx.com, and search under the VHP ticker. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content or use it to create other works.